0: these wicked bags under my eyes
1: i do have those wicked bags under my <laughs> eyes <laughs>
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the TheAwesomeO.com NBA Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lockburn on the Twitter machine at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And joining me for the second day in a row, for the second time in what feels like a year, Josh Engelman at Josh Engelman on Twitter. Josh, I thought... You know, we should have used the song Reunited and it feels so good, but then we just would have got a copyright strike and the show would disappear yeah. off the face of YouTube.
1: Yeah, it would have been good to use that, actually. That would have been fun. I assume we, we probably couldn't acquire the rights. Things are good. It's, no. I'm glad that we're running it back again. We've got a ton to talk about, so the pleasantries are going to have to be at least mildly limited today. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it should be a fun slate.
0: Yeah, just realize I got the same hat and sweatshirt on as yesterday. I hope people know that, it's today's show and not yesterday's
1: great work there <laughs> working from home tough, bro. I'm telling you, I know ba- bathing and changing, man. Those are just <laughs> things you can't do.
0: It's tough, man. I'll tell you what everyone during quarantine, like my wife's a dental hygienist and she said people's teeth were jacked up because they just like, forget how to live life. Yep. Try doing it for six years and get back <laughs> to me. You know how it goes.
1: This is very true. Very true. I mean, oh. honestly, like nothing's changed for me. This quarantine is barely, barely a difference in my normal day to day.
0: Yeah. Always, always brush the teeth two times a day and floss yes. at night though. You got to do it. And if I gotta. didn't, I would kill it. But you got to do it. Uh, yeah. Aside from that, there may be a day where, you know, you forget to do some
1: other things like, well, change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here we are. And, close. Uh, what's that? It's just clothes, you know, yeah, they, can, spo- they can handle some stink.
0: I can assure you I did not sweat in any way yesterday. I pretty much didn't leave this chair.
1: You know how that yeah. goes. I certainly do.
0: We're happy to have you guys with us as always. Hammer that thumbs up button and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. If you like you like us here at osamo and, uh, you know, you want to become part of the community. And you just appreciate that we got free content all the time, every day, which, by the way, reminds me. Uh, noon today, Eastern time, our first uh, first look for the Super Bowl, Matt Gajeski and myself, really excited to do that. Uh, we're less than a week away. We're like five days away from the Super Bowl, so we're diving into that heavy. And then, of course, deeper dive live before Locke, NBA, uh, uh, PGA, NHL, everything coming up throughout the day. So hit that subscribe. Help us get to 75,000 subscribers. That's going to be a tough one, but soon, we'll be there sooner than later. Anyway, how'd you do last
1: night, man? I didn't win anything of substance. So uh, I had like one or two lineups that got into the top 1%. um, Just didn't have the right combinations of people. Didn't really have any Kyrie. Uh, The the shape of the slate was really weird. Uh, The winner on FanDuel had, um, I think, Kem Birch in the winning lineup. I think it was Kem or Maybe it was Gary Clark with like a very minimal score. But Going low at power forward allows you to unlock getting Curry and Kyrie. Plus, you clearly needed the Fred Van Vliet smash session from yesterday.
0: Dude, that was – he had he had like 40 points after three quarters. and then yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it's been fun. It's not even that Fred Van Vliet was a bad play. It's just, you know, it, what was it? His ownership couldn't have been that high either. It wasn't super low, but – uh I don't imagine he was one of the chalkiest players. I didn't even go back and look because I didn't. Similar to what you said about yesterday, where like, yeah, I just didn't really want to see what Malik Monk did and and these guys. I, I didn't. I didn't really have a ton of interest in seeing uh, uh, Fred Van Vliet. But uh, so uh,
1: one one thing I do want to touch on, and he wasn't really that owned. He was seven percent on Fanduel. Okay, Actually, yeah. I had like fifteen, which was nice. Um, so Fred Van Vliet broke the Raptors' record for scoring yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. It was previously held by. Oh, this is amazing. It was previously held by DeMar DeRozan, 52 fantasy points, January 1st, 2018. If you roll back into my tweets and my shows, you could watch that show and see where I fully faded DeMar DeRozan that day. Zero shares of him setting the Toronto scoring record. (laughs) Was that against the Sixers? Against the Bucs.
0: Okay, because I was at a Sixers-Raptors game where DeMar DeRozan went insane. Uh, Fred Van Vliet also... Uh, The most points ever scored by an undrafted player, I believe.
1: Uh, I have no idea on that one. Yes, per uh, what I'm reading right now. Per per what I'm reading right now. Yeah, Yeah.
0: confirmed. So Fred Van Vliet, uh, monster game. And we move on because we have 10 games. As you mentioned, we don't have all the time in the world for the pleasantries here. So 10 games, we're going to break it down. Our boy in our chat over on YouTube, what's going on, everybody? Scott Olson says... Four hours, get comfy. No, nah, we're not, we're not yeah. going to do that to you. Uh, it, it may be it may be a little bit longer than your typical strategy show, but I hope uh, that you guys enjoy this as much as we do. Philly at Charlotte. Philadelphia 76ers, seven-point favorites. Essentially, whenever Embiid is playing, uh, they're going to be favorites or there's going to be a really tight spread. 222 total in this one. Uh, here, here's what I want to ask you first. Well, you know what? No, we'll start with Philly, and then we'll get to Charlotte. Because uh, Charlotte has a lot of points that we need to touch on. What are you doing with Joel Embiid, who is, I still think, very reasonably priced given his production this season. On DraftKings, he's only $10,000. But on a 10-gamer, you also have a lot of other high tier, uh, top-tier options to
1: decide from. Uh, playing him, I guess, 10 on FanDuel, 10K on DraftKings uh, showed up in the optimal for me basically spot on his ownership on both sites. So uh, I don't really have like a hot take on Embiid if he's playing. It feels like a good spot because if he gets Cody Zeller into foul trouble, they don't really have anything behind yeah. him. I assume Biombo gets uh, Who is a six little bit. Foot nine. Yeah, I I assume Biombo has to get at least a little bit more run. Um, No P.J. Washington for Charlotte, so they're not going to be going to, like, the stretch five look. And you've got Dwight Howard as a backup. So we're talking about 48 minutes of a big center. So they're going to have to at least approximate having centers out there for a little bit. They don't even really have, like, a stretch four that becomes a five. They ran a couple minutes once P.J. Washington got hurt with, like, basically Gordon Hayward or uh, Bridges as the five, which is amazing in 2021, um, but I'm happy to get to Joel Embiid. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of payup options today that are just as viable, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, on DraftKings, you only have three players above 10K, Giannis, Luca, and Embiid, but then yeah. you've got, like, 10 above 9K, so uh, a, a lot of those lower top-tier options and, and high mid-range guys, we're going to get into all of them throughout the show, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like Embiid plenty here, and I think, I've said it many times. Zeller is Zeller's a decent center. He's 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 not bad. Is he a, is he the starting center you want on a on a team that's trying to make a postseason run? No, but he actually played really well, and 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 he's rebounding particularly well uh, too. But I don't think that Zeller has what it takes to slow down Embiid. Nobody really has what it takes to slow down Embiid. Uh, and as you mentioned, Josh, if, in the event that he gets in the foul trouble. Bismarck Biambo, in the event that Zeller gets in the foul trouble, Bismarck Biambo is not a bad defender, but the the height advantage, the size advantage that Embiid has on him is going to destroy him in the post, and no one's posted up as much as Joel Embiid this season. So,
1: Yeah, know. if he wants to smash, he could certainly do it tonight.
0: Yeah, there's no question. Now, the rest of the 76ers have been a tough team to really get to when, when Joel Embiid is active. Like, Tobias Harris is having a strong season. Uh, ben Simmons has been really disappointing in in large part due to the fact that he still refuses to shoot uh, and you're averaging like nine field goal attempts per game, which simply isn't enough for a guy that you're paying eight plus K for. Um, outside of Embiid, even though this isn't a tough matchup, uh, it does feel like a tough spot to get to for the 76ers and, I don't think you should sleep on Seth Curry taking away some opportunities from a few of these other guys when they're healthy. They have a lot of guys that can produce, but Joel Embiid is the one guy that you know is siphoning off opportunities from everyone on the team.
1: Yeah, I don't really want anybody else from Philly. Uh, Embiid is really the only guy that's legitimately in play to me. Uh, Simmons, Harris, Sheikh Milton on DraftKings at 3900, they're like 5%ers, but I don't I can't I don't expect to have anything coming from Philly outside of Embiid.
0: And ownership bears that out too. Yep. Nobody other than Embiid is above 5% projected ownership on DraftKings. Uh, I will say even Embiid, though, 8%. It, last thing I'll say here, Josh, is if he really does come in sub-10% in the single digits, uh, I, I think that's something that we need to really consider as as a potential spot that, that, that against the field having 8% or so could really do huge things with the blow-up potential we've seen from him this year.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the issue is just that, like, would you rather have him than Luca? Would you rather have him than Bradley Beal today, who's likely to not have Russell Westbrook on the floor with him?
0: Second even like Christian back, yeah.
1: Christian Wood at 8,600, Jason Tatum at 8,900. It gets really difficult. I mean, I haven't even mentioned Giannis at 11K. Like, there's a lot of really quality options at the top end that I don't necessarily know how easy it's going to be to get to Embiid.
0: No, I think you're right. but And, and, and maybe this is more... This is how I look at it. You and I talked about this yesterday. I talked to to Adam about this a lot. People are always looking for ways to get different. So they'll fade maybe a really good chalk value play or some great mid-range plays. Sometimes the best way that you can do this is by, by, by fading. I'm talking, you could be underweight, whether it's a lot of lineups or if only a couple, maybe you're full fading. But I do think, Josh, there's the argument to be made that, hey, why not come in underweight or fade one of the the, the um, popular high-priced options and get to one of the low-priced ones because we know for certain that Embiid has that 80-plus fantasy point upside. He dropped an 80-fantasy point game uh, earlier this month and can give you 60, 70-plus pretty much at the drop of a hat. So... When I look at it that way, if one of these or two of these high price guys are going to be way higher on than him, but we know what he's capable of doing, I think that's where the appeal comes from because he is a stud and he can give you those monster games and he's not being looked at. Absolutely. What about the Charlotte side? Uh, Terry Rozier was, was out last game. He's questionable for this one with that ankle. So it's yet to be seen whether or not he plays. Um, at, at this rate, though, it's it's a huge huge difference in if he's in or if he's out. What happens with Lamelo Ball? What does the starting lineup look like? We can start there and give me your breakdown on whether or not you think he's going to be in today. Uh,
1: I have him in as of right now, and I think he looks like a decent play. Fanduel sixty one hundred. Uh, he's fifty nine hundred on DK. He showed up as the second most frequent option in the optimal on Fanduel. Uh, Zeller gets a bit of a push because he's fifty five hundred, um, but he's already pulling twenty six percent ownership on FanDuel, which I think is a bit too high. So I would be likely to be lighter on Zeller. After that, though, I think that you can get to Gordon Hayward, Rozier, Graham, Bridges, and Ball. Um, maybe not so on DK. Like, I don't need 7K Lamello if he's coming off the bench, and I'm expecting that. I don't need $6,600 Devontae Graham on DraftKings either. He's $1,100 cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DK. And I actually like him. I think we're seeing something. So Devontae Graham was terrible at the beginning of the season. And we're seeing now with Cody Zeller back that we're seeing his usage rate start to come up. He's starting to look like a slightly more functional player. I'm thinking that Devontae Graham has a similar relationship to Cody Zeller that Lou Will had to Montrezl Harrell. Well, where when Harrell wasn't on the floor, we would all – like think that we needed to jam in Lou will, but he doesn't have that same sort of partner on the floor with him yeah. to do the things that he wanted to do. And it's looking like now we're seeing Devonte Graham's usage climb back up because he was at like 18% usage out of the beginning of the season when Biombo was on the floor. I want to try to get to Devonte Graham now before we get to a scenario where that price on FanDuel is like 6,500. So he's a guy that I'm looking at on FanDuel. Rozier, if he is in Gordon Hayward, a 10% guy, but Ultimately, when it all when push comes to shove, the main thing that I want to do coming out of Charlotte is lightly fade Cody Zeller on FanDuel,
0: and Cody Zeller is getting a lot of ownership right now, which uh, yeah is is I don't want to say shocking, but I think that's another thing opportunity cost when it comes to center uh, DraftKings. Of course, you have multi position eligibility you have the utility spot, but uh, on FanDuel, Josh, you know there are some talented centers on the slate yeah. tonight, starting with Joel Embiid and working the way down to a ton of guys that we'll get to. Um, but I, I suppose for a 10-game slate, center isn't as good on Fanduel as I would have initially thought. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, so here's here's the weird thing. You guys just heard me say that I'm going to try to play lighter on Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller is my number one-ranked center on Fanduel. So that's where this, like, it becomes like a really interesting dance. He shows up in the optimal lineup more often than any other center on the slate. But – if he's already owned significantly more than that, then I find it's just easier to go at least mildly a different direction. So we have Embiid at the top. He's my second favorite center. And then you just sort of have to cross your fingers and hope you get one of these next couple guys, right? Drummond, Capella, Aiton, Turner, Holmes, Al Horford. They're all looking pretty similar to me. Most likely scenario is one or two of those guys come in with like 1% ownership. And those are the guys that I just absolutely unload on.
0: Zeller's done a pretty decent job of staying out of foul trouble this year. And and I generally do my best not to try and predict foul trouble because it doesn't do us any favors, but uh, against Joel Embiid, I do legitimately worry about foul trouble for, for pretty much anybody Uh, leads the league in uh, free throw attempts per game with 11. Uh, So I I, I don't disagree with you. I I think Cody Zeller, depending on where you're getting him at. uh, And of course the ownership comes into play pretty heavily here. Uh, is is still a strong play just because of the minutes he's been seeing. He is getting a ton of minutes recently, uh, and on the season, yeah. Zeller is a plus one per minute guy by a pretty wide margin. So if you're going to keep getting into that price, I get it, but uh, I also understand why this could be a matchup that that worries all of us for sure. Uh, you mentioned Graham leads the team in potential assists per game. He, I think you're right about the fact that you know he's he started off terribly, but with Zeller back and just maybe the fact that. This team is beginning to find some some type of of balance. Uh, is he is he a good play to you, or is he someone you're sprinkling in because ownership is really low?
1: Uh, he's a solid play on FanDuel. Okay. Um, he's at seven percent ownership. I'd be happy to be slightly north of that number.
0: Um, do you think Rozier plays?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay, but I, like that's just. Best I can say right now, I put. Ro- I thought that he would play, and I projected him in. I looked around the industry, and everyone else had him in. So okay, that that's what I went with, and that's sort of the, sort of what I do every day at seven o'clock in the morning.
0: Anything else for uh, the Charlotte side?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Let's talk about the Pacers and the Bucks here, dude. Anytime the Bucks are on the slate, you're just getting monster totals. Now two thirty three over on their are eight point favorites at home uh we could start on the other side of this one with indiana your boy malcolm brogdon Demonis sabonis both of these guys um coming off of the or playing their second leg of a back-to-back here they blew the doors off memphis yesterday 134 yeah. to 116 uh, and now they get a spot against the milwaukee team that is sounds defensively but is going to play up in pace uh and still is going to allow you to get up a lot of three-point attempts and run the floor. Do you like this spot for the Pacers?
1: Not really. Um, I'm actually significantly lighter on them on FanDuel than uh, the current ownership is showing. Similar story on the DK side. Like, I think Sabonis is fine at 8,800. I have him projected pretty well, in fact, but 24% ownership already feels a little bit too high. I have, I did not get a lot of Malcolm Brogdon at all on FanDuel, a little bit more so on DraftKings. I think he's a better play there. And then it's just, you know, like 5% Turner, 5% Jeremy Lamb. Sabonis is the best play coming from Indiana, but he's bringing in so much ownership right now that, like, I only see him as, like, a 15% guy for me. There's just – there's too much – At the top of power forward, Giannis, Tatum, Bam, Christian Woods, Sabonis, Randall, Zion, who I know isn't like the best DFS player in the world, Porzingis at 7,500, John Collins, a guy I have a bunch of interest in. The top of power forward is absolutely loaded. And I didn't even touch on the guy that's the best play on the slate on FanDuel, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, I just, I don't have a ton of interest in Sabonis. There's too many other options at the power forward spot today.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, w- his ownership on DraftKings and FanDuel is, is really quite high Uh up in the the mid twenties on both sides. His, his price on DraftKings has fallen from 10,100 on the 24th of January. Right. So just yeah. a little over a week ago, maybe 10 days to 8,300 today, Josh. And I think that is the obvious reason why Demonis Sabonis is going to be getting a lot of attention. Uh, I think at 8,300 on on DraftKings specifically, I am more than okay with this. Could you be looking at a blowout? Maybe, but uh, the the Pacers are a decent enough team to where they keep this game close, even as eight-point dogs. I'm not at all surprised by it. Uh, And while, again, Milwaukee's a a sound defensive team, they're not a juggernaut in the sense that they keep anybody from being able to produce. And quite frankly, this season, they have the 15th-ranked defensive rating. So yeah. they have taken, it seems to be, a, a step back from last year significantly. They're playing at the seventh fastest pace, $8,300 for Sabonis, just given everything he's capable of doing. High usage, great rebounder, great playmaker. He can do all three of the things that you're looking for from any player, and he's averaging right around the steal per game, so lock it up. Dude, he's averaging 21 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal
1: on the year. That's crazy for a power forward. It really is. He's He looks good. They should trade him.
0: <laughs> Are you interested in anything else? Because it seems like I like Sabonis quite a bit more, but I'm talking more so on DraftKings. I think you were referring more to, to Fandle. Uh, is there anyone else that stands out to you for the Pacers?
1: Uh, just Brogdon on DraftKings. That's pretty much it. I'm, like, I'm always happy to get a little bit of Turner, particularly on Fandle, but I think he's properly owned.
0: Anthony Davis with another super chat. Thank you, brother. He says, Bros, Pascal, just ugh. Yeah. And last minute, somehow I had zero Van Vliet. Congrats on 50K. Let's keep it going. Well, I appreciate your support through uh, all of this, man. And yeah, dude, Eric Pascal opening night was chalk. Terrible. Yesterday, terrible. Kevon Looney got hurt. So who knows what would have happened there? Uh, tough one for chalk value for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, we didn't know that Juan Toscano Anderson was back and apparently now like the fifth best player on the Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, until after luck.
0: <laughs> Steve Kerr will do that to you. He'll make he'll make life a mess. What about the uh, the Bucks? Giannis getting very little ownership actually. Josh on DraftKings, yeah. and I think that's due specifically to that price point. But um, you know, if you want to play Giannis, you're going to pay up for him. And I will ask you this much. The fantasy points, the production that we've seen from him this year, he's still been very, very solid on a permanent basis. He's averaging right up around 33 minutes per game, which is better than you can say for last season. But, uh, you know, I, I think people have expected more from Giannis. Although if you look at his recent games, there's no reason to say anything bad about what you've been getting from him Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited
1: by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, but yeah, only like 7% projected ownership on DraftKings. And I think that's fully warranted. He showed up in my lineup 6.6% of the time, and that's exactly what his ownership is. So I think that Giannis is right. properly owned. If you get to him, great. Uh Similar story on FanDuel. Uh, showed up for me 16.3% of the time. His ownership, 165 So I see Milwaukee is basically properly owned across the board. Similar story for Middleton, right around 10%. Drew Holiday, around 7%. I don't have much to add. Like, if you're getting to shares of Milwaukee, that's fine. I don't see anybody on the team, someone that should be a core piece of your lineup today.
0: Yeah. And you're not getting like significant discounts either. Chris Middleton's 8,200. Uh, Drew Holiday, 7,700. I, I mean, and honestly, it, it's on DraftKings and I have that positional flexibility just in this game. I'm going Sabonis over Middleton at the same price. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I guess. I guess this game feels like one, draft where you could see a ton of scoring, but similar to the Brooklyn game yesterday and and the Clippers, and it's not to say that good games weren't capable or possible there. We saw Kawhi Leonard with a banger. Uh, It feels like despite the high total, maybe it's not the best fantasy game uh, for one reason or another.
1: Yeah, it's it's not there for me. Um, There's just not enough good value, and there are some other spots that are just going to be the main focus of the entire slate.
0: Dallas and Atlanta, the Mavericks, two-point favorites, 223.5 total here. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, you're getting Luka at not exorbitant ownership, around 13% projected ownership right now. So it's still higher than Embiid and Giannis, the two other guys with with uh, salaries north of 10K on DraftKings. I think the best spot to start is here, and then we can talk about a $7,500 Kristaps Porzingis as well.
1: Yeah, so Luca looks to be pretty properly owned somewhere in the 10 to 15% ownership on FanDuel and DraftKings. I think both of those numbers look about right. I prefer him on DK at 108 to the FanDuel 115 price tag. Porzingis on FanDuel seems fine. Uh, he's also getting some ownership. No one else is getting owned on Dallas from FanDuel and that's exactly how I think it should be. The guy that I'm most interested in from Dallas um is a value option actually. 5% owned Dorian Finney-Smith. 3,900 has been shooting really poorly this year, Um, had a pretty decent shooting year last year. And he's a key piece of this team. Like he's not going anywhere. They need him the entire year, wing defender, three and D type guy, not a fantasy scorer by any means, but I think Atlanta could sort of bring the best out of you when it comes to like knocking down open shots. And for a sub 4k price tag on a guy that can play 30 plus minutes, He's just a guy that I have my eye on. If anybody else in the sub 4K range is picking up a ton of ownership that I don't think is warranted, it's just a little bit easier to take some of that and give it to Dorian Finney Smith. I don't think that he's good. I just think that it happens to work for today.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the rest of this team too, trying to figure out if there's anything, you know, worth getting to just given that and you mentioned that Atlanta can bring out the best in you. Uh Tim Hardaway was was having a pretty strong season but uh, since Porzingis returned, if he's on the floor with Luca and Porzingis, and of course you'll see Carlisle do some staggering here, as you always want to do with these three guys, 0.57 fantasy points per minute, Josh, and a 14% usage rate for Hardaway in 143 minutes with Luca and Porzingis on the floor. That's not going to get it done.
1: No, he's been really not good. Um, their offense, which was the number one offense ever, last year uh, falling off a little bit. I think they're missing Seth Curry more than you would have expected. And obviously Curry uh, helping out the Philly offense quite a bit. There's something to be said for a guy that, you know, is going to knock down like 42% of threes for changing the entire spacing on a floor. And uh, I think we're seeing that now because Josh Richardson can't hit anything, um, which is unfortunate because I really liked that trade originally for Philly and uh, Richardson, just not getting it done as of late.
0: Yeah. I think we could all agree that, Well, actually, that's not true. A lot of people looked at it as, oh, you know, I saw people saying the Sixers got fleeced, but anytime I can get a three-point shooter with the second best three-point percentage in the history of the NBA, uh, I'll take it, right? And he might not be a great fantasy asset, but he's definitely opening things up. And you're seeing Embiid uh, just being able to do whatever he wants as well, but you're right. Uh, Last year, Dallas averaged 116 points per 100 possessions just that's their offensive rating this season they're 21st they're averaging seven fewer points per 100 possessions that's a massive drop off for a team that looks almost identical outside of
1: seth curry than they did uh, last season so good point it doesn't help that lucas shooting like 29 from three right now yep. so
0: but i also think like where, where do you think lucas settles into uh, once w- once the dust settles,
1: so to speak, where is Lucas shooting? Like 32% from three? 30, 32, 33, something like that. I mean, like, his percentages are always going to just be naturally a little bit lower. One, he's not as good of a shooter as people think he is. And two, um, his degree of difficulty on shots is going to be as high as anybody else in the league. Like, he's going to be taking some stuff that is naturally going to bring your percentages down. Um, but his, like, open catch-and-shoot stats last year weren't very good, and that's... Not what you're looking for, but at the same time, we're talking about a guy with 40% usage and at the very least average efficiency, if not significantly above average. And once that stabilizes, like last year, he was 100, 1.19 shots. Uh, points per shot attempt. This year, it's 1.13. That might not seem like a very big difference, but it is in the aggregate. Last year, that was a 76th percentile outcome. This year, he's basically at the 50th percentile. So a little bit of a boost there. And, um, you know, I expect their offense to be fine in the long run. And when it comes to DFS today, uh, both Dorian Finney-Smith is a DFS guy that I actually like, but there's not much coming from Dallas.
0: And can I just say, by the way, Dallas has been terrible all around. Uh, They've lost six straight. They've dropped two of their last 10. Luca in a post-game interview was pissed off just saying, you know, basically we don't care. It seems like so, uh, you know, not much of a narrative guy myself. uh, And I don't think there's much to do here because they've lost two straight games since that press conference. But uh, I I think the only place to go is up from here. I I don't believe that this team can be this bad uh, going forward and, against Atlanta today, I expect this to be a very close game. Vegas has it with a two-point spread uh, and relatively high scoring, which leads me to the other side of this one. Trey Young, Josh, uh, he's up to $9,500 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you want to roster Trey Young, you're paying $10,400. That is $1,100 less than Luka. Uh, But he hasn't had those just completely – blown top games today uh, this season where he's breaking slates and you're looking and saying, I can't believe I didn't roster him. But he has thrown up 50-plus DraftKings points in eight straight games now, uh, and his three-point shooting is beginning to see a nice little correction from earlier in the year where he couldn't hit a thing. His shot volume appears to be back up. His assist totals uh, are all over the map, but we know that he can give you a 30.17 assist type of double-double. Uh, what are we doing with Trey Young today? Because I haven't heard much uh, early on about him yet, and it feels like he kind of gets ignored on big
1: slates all the time, even if his price point is a little bit lower than everyone else. Yeah, I'm pretty much ignoring him here, too. Uh, 3% owned on Fandle at ten four. Like, I'm happy to get 10% of him there just because of how low it is, but... I mean, I think John Collins is my favorite play coming from Atlanta. 6% owned on FanDuel at 7,300. 2.5% owned on DraftKings at 7,200. I just don't really see much coming from Atlanta, particularly on DraftKings. They are one of my least favorite teams. On FanDuel. Young, Capella, Collins, Reddish, Herder, all in the 5% to 10% type guys. But Kevin Herder is already at 15% ownership, so I'd be more likely to have zero Kevin Herder. I'm just not getting to Atlanta at all. It's the best plays in this game are on Dallas and I don't really know what else to do with that. I expected a higher total Two twenty four felt low to me. Yeah. I I thought so as well. You know, the thing with John Collins too, it's like his
0: usage is down two and a half percent from last season, but his rebounding as a result of Clint Capella, Uh, who was it last year? Dwayne Dedman at times. And, uh, who else do we have? Was it Alex Land? We had getting a few minutes. Like yeah, Ka- Capel is the best center John Collins has played with in his career. Oh so, my god, yeah, like by a large by wide margin. His rebounding rates down three and a half percent. Josh and his defensive rebound rates down almost six percent. So uh, I-, I still think John Collins is strong. But you remember there was a time where John Collins was an instant points rebound double double.
1: Yeah. And keep your eye on it. No DeAndre Hunter, uh, based on the data from this year, Collins has seen a little bit of a boost back to norms with Hunter off.
0: Okay. Yeah. And Bogdanovich still out. So, all right. Um, Trey Young's a tough one for me, the 6%. you're, You're right. Maybe he should be ignored here. And I was very surprised to see this totals as low as it was as well. Um, Yeah, I'd probably just pay up to to one of those other guys if I'm paying a premium uh, at the position. Let's talk about the Knicks and the Chicago Bulls then. And guys, by the way, all of our shows available in podcast form. Uh, If you're working, if you're doing whatever, you want to throw your phone in your pocket, you don't want to leave the screen on because you don't have YouTube premium, whatever the reason may be, or you just prefer podcasts more because you don't like looking at our faces, check it out, Apple Podcasts, anywhere, Spotify, we got you covered. Just search AwesomeO. All of our stuff, outside of the live before locks, because there's no shelf life there, everything is is available in podcast form. And leave a review and a rating uh, if you like it. It's much appreciated. New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls, three and a half point spread. Knicks, three-point dogs on the road. 217 total here, Josh. So one of the lower totals on the slate. What are your thoughts on the New York Knicks? Is there any value maybe that we can squeeze out of this team that uh, has been a little bit difficult to predict for one reason or another?
1: Now, the minutes are just sort of all over the place now. Julius Randle picking up a lot of ownership on FanDuel. I don't agree with it. Um, Mitchell Robinson is basically unowned on FanDuel. That's a spot that I'd have at least a little bit of interest. Um, On DraftKings, though, the most frequent optimal guy for me was R.J. Barrett at 6%. He's not getting any ownership. No one's owned on DK more than 8%. The Knicks just don't appear to be fantasy viable right now, especially with all the ambiguity in their rotation.
0: I don't disagree. Uh, And then you have someone like Isaiah Quickly, or sorry, Emmanuel Quickly, who is taking away uh, from guys like Peyton and making life a little bit more difficult in the backcourt. His price is up, though, which is is kind of a shame. But, Josh, the guy's got a sick floater. He can get to the rim. He's done a good job of, of scoring. And now he's played... 23, then 25, then 27, then 30 minutes over his last four games. I think if I'm taking a shot on anyone here, especially uh, against the Bulls team that scares me zero when it comes to the defensive acumen, they're right in the middle of the league. Uh, and also, by the way, the Bulls, it's a different Bulls team. They're playing at the second, third fastest pace in the entire league this year. Yeah. So Uh, When I look at this, I think Quickly could at least make for a decent tournament option because he's a young guy. They're a rebuilding team. Maybe even the stubborn Tom Thibodeau is realizing, I need to get this guy more minutes. And that's exactly what we've seen over the past four games. He's played more minutes in each and every one of them, plateauing at 30 minutes in his last one.
1: Yeah, I have him actually with more minutes than Alfred Payton coming into this game, but I also find him to be fully unplayable. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to pay like the proper freight for quickly on a 10 gamer.
0: Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, is it the proper freight? If, if you're, if he happens to get 33 minutes today against the bulls in a massive pace up spot, like what is What's the bulls or what's the Knicks pace this season? I thought it was pretty low. Um, uh, they're it's dead the last. Slowest, slowest pace in the league, Josh, this yep. is a massive pace up spot. And that's the only reason I, I didn't rush off the Knicks because normally I would, but they're gaining like seven possessions per 48 against this this Bulls team.
1: Yeah, it, it is. What what do I have it at? Let's see. 1068 947. I have it at 12. Oh wow. <laughs> really? Yeah, okay. the Bulls the Bulls average 1027 or I have the Bulls pace rating at 1027. I have the Knicks at 947 and I have the uh, this game projected for 1068.
0: Okay. I have the Knicks at 96. Oh, that's not true.
1: No, I'm I'm wildly wrong. I read the Vegas line uh, for the Knicks, not the
0: pace. <laughs> they're next, they're Wait, next you, to each other. Are you reading implied totals?
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's three <laughs> additional possessions. I should have known. I mean, when I said 12, I should have just stopped myself immediately.
0: It was actually pretty close. Yeah. Well, I have the Knicks at 96 possessions per 48, yeah. and the Bulls at 103.7. Either way, it's a big pace up spot. Yeah. So, I think is a fine tournament throw. I understand, though, the way you do things, you're just never going to get to someone like him. So I can understand. There
1: are too many guys that look exactly like him playing for Oklahoma City today that I already am going to have 40% of. Yeah,
0: they all stink. Like, they're all good plays, but they're not good at basketball.
1: No, not really.
0: Some of them are, I guess. We'll get there, don't worry. Depends who it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. And and obviously, with, S, with the SGA news, it, it makes a difference, but... Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not necessarily assured of the co- uh, of the the skill set in some of these guys. The Thunder man, I've been watching them lately. They are a bad bad basketball team, but it doesn't matter for DFS purposes. Talk to me about the Bulls on the or at home here against the Knicks.
1: Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, Zach, <laughs> Zach Levine at seven point four percent projected ownership is the highest number between FanDuel and DK. I actually have him slightly higher than that on DraftKings, so I'd be happy to get a little bit more Zach Levine. But after that, uh, these guys aren't really all that interesting. We're talking about again five to ten percent, or no crazy value. Either the public's already there, or they shouldn't be there at all. It's Levine, Markin, and Kobe White, and that's it. And apparently, newly minted center on FanDuel Thad Young. Uh, don't play him either. All right. Well, I guess it's, this one make? There's one. not a lot going on in, like, the early bit of this show. There's nope. a lot more value coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get there for sure, sooner than later. Uh, but I, I do like quickly, outside of that, I'm just wholly uninterested in this game, which kind of sucks because when you're facing the Bulls, you'd like to be able to pull some pieces from that, Josh. It's just not there. So, uh, Clippers and Cleveland. What are we doing with the Clevelands or the Clippers side of the ball? They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. This is the second end of a back-to-back 218 total. So what that tells you is the Clippers have a pretty decent implied total here. It's sitting at 112.8. The the Cavs are all the way down at 105.3. Huge dogs at home. Should be a pretty sluggish
1: game. Uh, do you like anything from the Clippers today? Uh, Reggie Jackson on FanDuel, no ownership coming in. That seems perfectly fine to me. Uh, I thought that I would like Kawhi or Paul George, especially against Cleveland, but apparently that's not the case. So I have, let's see, where did the Clippers end up landing? This should be good. The Clippers are the second worst team on the slate behind the bulls. The Cavs are third in terms of my interest from a DFS perspective. I don't like anything in this game. Wow. Okay.
0: And, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I believe has played one back to back this year. So do you think there's any risk against Cleveland of him not playing?
1: Yeah. I mean, up until the last one that he played, he hadn't played a back-to-back in like three and a half years. So I know uh, keep an eye on it at the very least.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be paying close attention to that because that can change everything. If you take Kawhi off the floor uh, and Paul George plays, then you're looking at Paul George at his current price point as something that uh, someone that we're going to have quite a bit of, but aside from that, yeah, there's just not that much. The Cleveland side, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Andre Drummond is questionable coming into this one with that ailing back. Kevin Love remains out. Larry Nance is out. And Josh, Jared Allen's coming off a monster game with five blocks, 23 points and 18 rebounds against that Minnesota front court that literally couldn't slow you down right now.
1: Yeah, um, if Drummond ends up out, then you're obviously playing a uh, whole bundle of Jared Allen. Uh, I don't know why they're not playing Jared Allen even more than they are, but right now I've got it in for 28-20 and 20, Drummond and Jared Allen, and if that's the case, I don't really need to pay the proper price for Colin Sexton. I don't need to pay just, just under 6K for Darius Garland. These guys are just... They're owned at like 5% and that's exactly where they should be. So I don't see a ton of additional value coming out of anything from Cleveland. That's why they're uh, not ranked very highly. If Drummond is out, changes the entire ball game.
0: Yep. If Drummond's out, if Kawhi happens to sit, we'll be circling back to this one for the deeper dive and live before lock and spending a lot more time on it. But as it stands right now, there isn't a single player with more than 8% projected ownership on DraftKings. Not on Cleveland, but in this entire game combined. On Fanduel, Paul George, 10.4% is the highest projected owned player. There's no one in this one that's just generating a ton of appeal today. So we move on. Before we do though, guys, No House Advantage is the sponsor of the strategy show. And uh, one of the reasons that the the sponsorship that we have with them is so great is because We have free projections and the free optimal lineups tool and all of that on awesomo.com. So, You check out No House Advantage. You see, oh, this is sweet. It's peer-to-peer player props in contest form. Not like FanDuel or DraftKings where you bet one prop and you sweat that. You put them all into a contest, essentially in a lineup, and you pick your highest confidence one, put it at the top. That earns you more points than the one at the bottom, which you might be least confident in. And you're going up against a bunch of other people, just as you would on other sites, but in this case with player props. You use the promo code AWESOMO. You get $20 free to uh, add it to your account. You refer a friend you get another five dollars and you get an edge by going to Osmo and taking a look at the player props taking a look at or the player props tool taking a look at the optimal lineup tool All of that stuff is massive because the props don't change throughout the day depending on where the action is coming in, where the money is coming in. They stay exactly the same. So if you're shrewd and you pay attention to this, you're you're getting stale lines. You're figuring out ways to get props and lines that are going to benefit you. And Alex Baker, Osmo himself, made sure to list all of the props and what he's got them projected for up against the actual props. So you're getting, you know, the number one DFS player's projections free for No House Advantage. So sign up, use the promo code Awesimo, get $20, refer a friend, get five. Go to No House Advantage today. Look, there's money to be made there. And I figure while it's not DraftKings and FanDuel, it's still a phenomenal way to build your bankroll. So check it out. No House Advantage sponsor of the strategy show. Washington and Miami, Josh. Uh, is this one where you would say you're 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 beginning to get interested in the Washington Wizards eight and a half point dogs two twenty nine and a half total and Westbrook on the second of a back to back maybe sitting out?
1: Yeah, I left Westbrook out. And if that's the case, I'm absolutely smashing most of washington. So Brad Beal, one of my favorite plays on the slate, Ish Smith at 4600 becomes an interesting value cuz Howell Neto is still out. Um, they're not as good on uh FanDuel as they are on DK. Uh, like you can get to Rui, you can get to Bertans. I think that's fine. I like Denny for 3500 on DraftKings. Um Garrison Matthews for 3300 if you're just trying to find like value plays that get a little bit of additional time. I think they're both like slightly viable. They're not great plays, but They should be owned more than they are. But this is Bradley Beal season. We're talking about north of a 40% usage rate when Russell. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that
0: add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Westbrook is off the floor. He will do literally everything out there. I've got him projected for almost 53 fantasy points on FanDuel. One of my favorite plays of the slate. Although I think we still have Russ in, at which point I would expect Bradley Beal's ownership to climb quite a bit.
0: But you would expect Bradley Beale's ownership to climb quite a bit.
1: I think we have Russell Westbrook in it right now because Bradley Beale's oh, not gonna be three and a half percent owned today.
0: Gotcha. I misheard what you were saying. Yeah. Uh Beal, 41% usage without Russell Westbrook this season and 1.63 fantasy points per minute to go along with a 31% usage rate or uh, 31% assist rate. The that that that'll make him will that make him the, the highest owned top priced player like above 9k here it has to be right i don't see how it couldn't
1: yeah uh, it's it has to be
0: it's difficult to get a good poll uh finger on the pulse of miami's defense but we know that they are good when healthy so yeah. i'm gonna look at this and say you know forget about everything we've seen this season where it's just how do how do you how do you really evaluate a team that's been without their pl- most, uh, without a lot of their good players for most of the season? Because, Jess, they're allowing a- almost 112 points per 100. They're 22nd in defensive rating. But uh, when this team is fully healthy, do you really see them being a bottom 10
1: defense? No, not at all. They shouldn't be, at least. Um... I mean, BAM should be able to anchor just about anything. Look, they're just, you know, they've been decimated by COVID and other injuries and they're trying other stuff out. They don't really care what's going on now. They're trying to get ready for the playoffs. And if they could find out a little bit more information, great. Uh, I'll always bet on Eric Spolster to figure out whatever's going on for Miami.
0: Yes. Spolster, one of the, one of the greats. Davis Burton's terrible yesterday, 30 minutes Seven fantasy points, six actual points. It's just, just an, an an outright disastrous performance. Rui had 35 DraftKings points. That was pretty decent. Russell Westbrook, I, I, I'm willing to say that was a bit disappointing because, you know, 50 was fine, but there were so many other big performances that it hurt you. Brad Beal came up short of the 50 fantasy point mark. Really loved this game against Portland, Josh, but uh, a lot of guys failed to come through for us.
1: I'll be honest with you, man. I was responding to someone in chat. I didn't hear a word you just said. I, I said, feel like you.
0: I said, I haven't done that to you once. I said, the, as, as we close out this Washington side, there were a lot of Wizards yesterday. That, and by the way, you were really thinking hard of how to respond to that to make it seem like you were listening.
1: And you just came you say, empty. Yeah. Did you say something about Portland? Because that's what I heard. And then I couldn't figure where we were going.
0: I said last night against <laughs> Portland. We loved that game. We loved Washington. And outside of like Rui, all of these guys came up short, particularly for yes. Ber- Davis Bertens. Beal came in sub 50. Westbrook had the triple double, but it was a pretty modest one. So who are we going back to the well with outside of Bradley Beal, assuming <coughs> Westbrook is out?
1: See, that's what tripped me up. I heard Portland. So I did hear what you were saying. I just couldn't figure out like I was looking to see if Portland played, couldn't figure out what we transitioned to if we switched games. So that, that making that's sure fine. you're on your toes. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, yeah, Ish Smith is would be my second guy up, particularly on FanDuel at 4,600. I just think he's going to have to play with uh, no Russ, no Netto. Uh, on the DK side, it's mostly just, like, guys you don't actually want. Again, Ish Smith, but he's less interesting on DK than he is on FanDuel. Uh, Denny and Garrison Matthews, these are guys that are projected for about 5% ownership that I would be a little bit more interested in having about 10% of. I know that doesn't seem like a, a gigantic gap in everything, but I'm trying to squeeze out value wherever I can. So just doubling up on guys that I think are slightly underowned is incrementally a, a step that I'm trying to take. But it, it's mostly Beal and Ish Smith for me coming out of Washington.
0: Okay. Uh, A lot of uh, injury tags for Miami, but most of them are probable. Tyler Harrow is going to be back on the court barring, you know, any unforeseen circumstances. He's probable. Gabe Vincent, Avery Bradley, Goran Dragic, all of those guys are probable to play Josh. So it looks like Miami's finally beginning to get back to full strength. The question now becomes on a team where we were getting so much value, we were rostering whether it was Kendrick, not all the time; whether it was Dragic, whether it was Gabe Vincent, any of these guys, uh, precious. Uh, now, starting to get a little bit crowded. So, against a Washington team that defensively has been outright dismal, ranking dead last and, or sorry, ranking twenty eighth in defensive rating and number one in pace this season. How do you sort all of this out for Miami?
1: I largely ignoring them like bam for 9,100 on Fanduel, Great. That'll totally work. He's already at 28% ownership. So keep an eye on it. Tyler hero projected for 22% ownership on Fandle. I have basically zero interest in him. If he's North of 20%, that's ludicrous to me with everybody back. Um, it's really just bam and very little else. Like nothing really looks good on the Miami side from DraftKings. I, I do actually have Tyler hero as the best Miami play on DK but he's still not a guy that I would be getting more than like 5% of um, with everybody back and where the salaries are right now, there's just not value to be had on Miami.
0: Yeah. It's tough. Tyler hero has a 20% usage rate with Butler on the floor this season, 20%. Right. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is, this is, this is a guy that you'd need more now. He's only six K on draft or Fandle. I understand that his prices is, is affordable, but 0.8 fantasy points per minute as well with Jimmy Butler on the floor. I would imagine, Josh, if I brought that back to last year, you'd probably see pretty similar numbers. So uh, it's it's a little bit difficult. And, and what do we expect out of Tyler Hero uh, from a playmaking standpoint? I don't think enough. Uh, let's see, 1,328 minutes with Butler on the floor since the start of last season. 14% assist rate, uh, 0.8 fantasy points per minute, and a 19.7% usage rate. I think you make a good point in saying if he's 20% owned on a 10-game slate with these guys healthy, it's tough to get there.
1: Yeah, it's and he's already 6K and 6,800. Like, it's just, it's really not all that. The only appeal to getting guys from Miami is the fact that they play Washington.
0: Right, exactly. And it is a phenomenal matchup, Washington yeah. on the second of a back-to-back. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami absolutely runs away with this game. But Bradley Beal has made it so teams haven't been able to do that recently. Um, Bam Adebayo was just the last guy. Just to to follow up on this one time real quick, he's really, really good. Even with Butler on the floor, he is like one of your primary facilitators and has a pretty impressive assist rate this year for a big. But he's now getting up into that price where – Right. It's either him or Trey Young at at this price point. It's either him or Bradley Beal. Um, Obviously, you can play both, but you get where I'm going here. He is now priced alongside those guys.
1: He is. He is. And like, I'm happy to get there, generally speaking. Um, I just don't know if today is the day that I'm getting very aggressive on him. Like, where do I have him at power forward today? He is my. Oh my God. Everybody's the same. Giannis Tatum, Bam, Wood, Sabonis, Julius Randall in my, and Porzingis all in my Sims between 13 and 18% of the time. All right. I'm just going to have more of the guys that aren't getting ownership and less of the guys that are. And in this case, Bam seems to be getting a bit. So I'm more likely to have, you know, Jason Tatum at this point.
0: Well, I guess it's time to talk about Oklahoma city, because this is the one that I know you've been alluding to all show long. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder are seven-point dogs at home, 220.5 total. Why is ownership so high on this team? Well, Shane Gilgis-Alexander is sidelined here uh, with a left knee sprain. That's going to open things up because, essentially, he's the only player that's had any real consistent value all season long, unless you're like Adam and you're this Lou Dort truther, which is, you know, fine. Uh, he's not the next Kawhi.
1: No, but he is the number one contender on DraftKings slate today.
0: Oh, well, yeah, today, of course. And I'm just busting Adam's balls but because uh, he's like a massive Lou Dort guy. Which, As am I. Yeah, well, maybe one day he'll be decent. I, I can't wait to see what happens when, like, they actually build a decent team uh, and he has a 2% usage rate.
1: Who, Dort? Yeah. No, he's never going to have a 2%. He's not that kind of guy. I know. At least 12. Anyway. It'll be 20 uh, would you say it'll be 20
0: might be. I think he's, I think he's a good young player defensively. He's absurdly good. So especially yeah. for being a young guy, I'm, uh, let's talk about Houston first though, because I want to get to the road team. We'll close this game out with OKC, which has a lot uh, matter of fact, you have three guys North of 20% ownership, one in the 50% range on DraftKings. But on the other side, you have Houston where you have John wall, you have Christian wood, you have Victor Oladipo, um, you have, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Eric Gordon. No John Wall. Yeah. sideline from this one with the uh, Achilles injury. That is why Eric Gordon right now is is projected for the most ownership on this team. You know how I feel about Eric Gordon. I hate rostering Eric Gordon. I absolutely hate it. Now that doesn't mean it's that I'm right. Uh, It just means that I hate rostering Eric Gordon because he's always chalky in these situations and he almost always lets us down. Tell me why he is or isn't going to let us down today.
1: He's not going to let it. You, well, I mean, he might lay you down today, but he's 4,900 on FanDuel and 5,400 on DraftKings. I we know, know what happens when people are out and Eric Gordon gets the increased role. Big time usage bump. I believe that he's in like the 27, 28% range uh, when either Harden or, in this case, John Wall are off the floor. Uh, no brainer play today. He shows up in my sims north of 20%, but he's not even the best play on Houston. Victor Oladipo shows massive boost to his usage with people yep. out, 8,200 on FanDuel, 7,800 on DraftKings. I have him showing up in the optimal lineup on DK north of 30% of the time. Probably my favorite play on the slate right now would be Oladipo, just given where his ownership is. I still want to get a ton of Christian Wood. I'm going to have a ton of Eric Gordon. I'd like to get to Jay Sean Tate, 3,900 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DK, a little bit less interesting for me. Even P.J. Tucker for 3,900 on FanDuel seems okay just because Oklahoma City is just not the kind of team that I'm ultra worried about. But, again, I'm not trying to play a ton of P.J. Tucker. Oladipo, Wood, Eric Gordon, these three guys might be the best three man combo on any team for today's slate outside of the team that they're playing.
0: Yeah, this game is uber chalky, but for very good reason. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Tate too. even Tate like with wall on the floor. Jason Tate has a usage rate that comes in at 11 percent, 11.7 and 0.63 fantasy points per minute. Terrible number. You can't there's, there's too many mouths to feed when he's out there from Wall to Oladipo to Christian Wood, who's got a near 30% usage rate. If you take Wall off the court, takes usage, Josh, only goes up to around 15%, but then he gives you 0.83 fantasy points per minute, which all things considered, if you're looking for value, uh, depending on how cheap or expensive he is, I think I'm fine with that. Do I want to pay upwards of 5K or almost 5K for him on DraftKings? Not really. Uh, But on FanDuel, I don't think it's the craziest idea. The the thing with me, though, and I'm with you, Victor Oladipo just feels like uh, a stellar play here today. And I remember a lot of people didn't want to roster him with John Wall out in that first game that he played. And he gave us exactly what we needed, 35% usage. And on a per-minute basis, Oladipo is pumping out 1.35 fantasy points per minute with no John Wall. Uh, I'm with you. I absolutely love him here. I like him on both sides. This game is going to be absurdly popular for a 10-game slate. Maybe the first time yeah. this season where we've – actually, that's not true because we've had a lot of COVID protocols. But you're, you're, you you could see a tournament-winning lineup with five or six players from this game on a 10-gamer.
1: I said it in my contenders video. I expect it to be multiple, um, particularly from the Oklahoma City side where it kind of just has to happen by default. Um, and, like – you know, i'm seeing in chat that this game will be over by halftime it's the sixth biggest line on the slate it's not even remotely close to the biggest lopsided like line bucks pacers sixers hornets clippers calves wizards heat wolves spurs all with a bigger line than this game uh, it's not as uh, big of a blowout potential as it seems on the surface um i just want to have like all of it and we haven't even touched on oklahoma city yet which i guess we're ready to do now
0: Yeah, favorite plays from Houston first before we do, since there's so much to digest here.
1: Oladipo, number one, for sure. Eric Gordon would be number two. Christian Wood would be number three. And all three of those guys are going to be guys that I have 15, 20, 30, 40% of tonight.
0: And for what it's worth, as much as I despise putting Aaron Gordon into my lineups, Eric Gordon, sorry, it's a a necessary evil today, Josh.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: You just kind of have to. Uh, on the OKC side, Hamadou Diallo uh, getting a ton of ownership. Theo you know, Maladon getting a ton of ownership. Your boy Lou Dort is coming in with, with a lot of ownership. All of this because SGA is sidelined. Uh, you know, even Darius Baisley North of 15% on DraftKings. Justin Jackson isn't going unnoticed at $3,000. Seriously, the list goes on. And these are the type of spots that worry me very often once you start getting into these, like, low the the 15 16 guys but somebody like diallo to me getting away from him today is going to be that that's that's something i'm really just not interested in doing because he's actually not a terrible player when i said there's a couple guys that really aren't that bad he's somebody that i like here 1.18 fantasy points per minute in 223 minutes without sga on the floor this year josh 26 percent usage rate uh and a 20-plus percent assist rate. The numbers are there. Talented overall player. The opportunity should be there as well. Uh, he is clearly the best play on this slate, in my opinion, at least.
1: I don't agree with you, but I don't think that you're crazy. Um, he's clearly a fantastic play. Uh, he's one of the first players you're putting into a cash lineup. I think he is wildly overowned on both FanDuel and DraftKings, and I would rather get to more of the rest of Oklahoma City than I would to Diallo. And it's not like I'll probably – even if I bump his projection a little bit, I'm going to think that he's a bit overowned. Darius Baisley's 5,100 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DraftKings, seeing a big boost with SGA and George Hill off. He is the guy that's getting the least amount of ownership to me relative to where I have him. He showed up in 32% of optimal lineups. He's in like the 16 to 19% ownership range on both sites. Love getting to Baisley in GPPs. We already touched on Lou Dort, exact same scenario big time usage bump with these guys off the floor, something like 24, 25% just off the top of my head. He's 4,400 on both. I have him in the optimal lineup 30 plus percent of the time. He's in like 19 to 21% range for ownership. Tail Maladon, 4,800 on FanDuel, 4,300 on DraftKings. Another guy that I think is in the optimal lineup about a third of the time, much less ownership. I guess like Justin Jackson, at flat three K on DK is a viable value play. That's getting some ownership. Oddly enough, I find Horford to be like not all that interesting since his price is sort of where it's supposed to be either way. Not really a huge boost with those guys out. You'd think he probably has some more playmaking duties. They don't really have a point guard behind Maladon, so it wouldn't shock me if Al Horford is sort of the guy doing all of the facilitating, it probably you know something from the free throw line extended at the very least. But Baisley, Dort, Maladon, those are the guys I want to load up on over the field Diallo is a guy that I want to be lighter on in GPPs. Still a fantastic cash play, still one of the top 10 plays on the slate overall, but 50% ownership feels mildly high to me right now. You still want him a ton though. Fair enough.
0: And and I'll I'll, I'll make my counter argument to why I don't think, uh, why I don't have a problem with the the ownership. 50% is pretty wild, but uh, I I think you're going to begin to see guys like Maladon and, and Baisley I think throughout the day, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that ownership start to condense a little bit and and come a little bit closer because Baisley's not much more expensive than Diallo. Uh, Dort is cheaper than Diallo. Uh, Maladon is cheaper than Diallo. I don't know why that would be so far apart. So my guess is that we start to see it actually a little bit closer uh, as the slate approaches. But this is is the reason for me, Josh. Uh, Now, granted, Diallo's played a lot of minutes Without SGA, and I think that's that's fair to point out. But 24% usage, 16% assist rate, 11.5% rebound rate, uh, 2.2% steal rate. He is the type of player that when I'm going for value, if I'm willing to play a chalky player, it's someone that I know is going to get the opportunities. If he doesn't produce with the opportunities he was given, at least they were there. Uh, And I absolutely still think that they will be there 100 percent for him to be able to produce today. And that's all I can ask for when I'm talking about a cheap value.
1: Yeah. And I just want to be clear here. Let's just say that Locke is in five minutes and Hamadou Diallo is 50 percent owned. The most likely scenario for me is that I have like thirty five.
0: Okay, so you're still saying like, wait, you said the most or least you'll have
1: the most likely scenario is that I would have like somewhere in that 35% range. I would be, I would be quite a bit under the field, but he's, he's not a guy you can avoid. No, He's, no he's, he's essentially properly owned, but at the top it sort of gets a little bit more extreme. And I'd like to slice off some of the extremeness. I think there's just enough value on Oklahoma city to get more of the other guys.
0: How many are you willing to have from the same team in lineups today?
1: I mean, I would guess three is probably the most likely scenario for me.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, if you ended up with like Dort Diallo and Baisley, yeah, it's not it's not the craziest idea.
1: No. I guess like Dort I, Dort Diallo and Basley on FanDuel is 13,800. So you'd be looking for like 115 points from the three of them in a GPP. And that doesn't seem all that prop like I mean, clearly that's a a boltload of points. We're talking about like 38 a piece on average.
0: Okay. How many minutes are you projecting these guys for? Probably an important question here.
1: Yeah. 33 for Dort, 32 for Baisley, 29 for Diallo. Uh, that's the one that I'm going to have to pay closest attention to. His minutes around the industry are all over the map. Some as low as 25, some as high as 31. So I'm kind of in the middle of the pack for all of it.
0: Okay. And uh, the by the way, with George Hill out, that does make it a lot more enticing to see who's getting these ball handling responsibilities, both as a starter and off the bench. Will it be Diallo? If so, I like him even more.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't really know. Like no one on this team profiles as a guy that should be handling the ball Correct. outside of Maladon. Like I, I went through trying to think like, okay, who is going to be the de facto point guard? And all of these guys have like minuscule assist rates that all point to none of them. So that's why I was starting to think that it could just be staggered rotations where Al Horford is the nominal point guard for the Oklahoma city thunder tonight.
0: Yeah. Maladon averaging everything 5.7 potential assists per game. So uh, I like that. I just want someone that has the ball in their hands uh, often. I, I I think you and I disagree in one sense that I think Lou Dort is probably the riskiest of them because if he's not scoring, I don't know if he's going to get you there elsewhere.
1: I expect him to be scoring. <laughs> it is just well, really well, the easiest I, way for me to say it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, top play from Houston. You already gave him. You gave it from OKC. Uh, this game needed to spend a lot of time on it. But my God, there's what are there, seven, eight plays out here that are legitimate cash or tournament plays?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're making most of your cash lineup up through this game.
0: Minnesota, San Antonio. We can start to cruise a little bit here. Eight and a half points. Uh, Minnesota dogs on the road to the Spurs. 224 total here. So D'Angelo Russell, questionable. He just has not played particularly well. And Ever. No, never. But even right now, it's been pretty ugly. Carl Anthony Towns remains out. God, it's been a while for him. Uh, Nas Reed is uh, probable. He's got the q tag, but he's expected to play. Uh, and then Juancho Hernan Gomez also, has also been out for a while. He could play, uh, depending on his conditioning. Do you like anything for Minnesota today?
1: Not really. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, probably the guy that I like the most, and that is uh, muted praise at best. Anthony Edwards for 5,400 on DraftKings, I think is fine, but Minnesota, one of the lower ranked teams that I have. You know, I, I honestly, I feel pretty proud of doing this show right now. Uh, there are other shows that exist out in the DFS space where every single one of these teams is going to have like five recommendations, and you're not going to get anywhere. I've been pretty aggressively crapping on most of the teams on this slate today. So at the very least, I hope you guys realize you're getting my legitimate opinions.
0: Yeah. And if you end up, you know, getting someone wrong, it's, it's a lot easier to get things wrong from a perception standpoint, because you're unwilling to say you love every play from every game. And I think yeah. we've always been about kind of priding ourselves on not saying, Oh yeah, I could see that. I like him. I don't mind that. You get asked a question about someone. Oh yeah, I like him. He's a solid play. Uh, Because then you kind of can't be wrong. Right. And then, so I, I, I got, I respect it, man. I respect it. Uh, I'd rather you, I'd rather you not be high on every single team because you're
1: actually not high on every single team. I'm willing to be wrong a lot and I'll be wrong a lot, but that's like, that's how this works.
0: (laughs) Sure. LaMarcus Aldridge is sidelined for the San Antonio Spurs which means that we're going to see some action here in the front court. It's just a matter of who's it going to be, where are the opportunities going to come from? Ownership right now suggests that Rudy Gay at 20% ownership is going to get a bit of an upgrade here. Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker are both around 10%. DeMar DeRozan at 26% and Rudy Gay at 20%. I do want to ask you one thing first with DeMar DeRozan, who by the way, now has power forward eligibility. Uh-huh. Like, are we overstating the impact that Aldridge being out has on DeRozan now, given the season and the decreasing usage that we've seen from Lamarcus Aldridge? Very simple question, but uh, I think one worth asking and answering.
1: It used to be significantly bigger. It's of not I'm saying what this it was, season. but he's still going to get a, a mild boost across the board with Aldridge being out, mostly because even if it's uh, – I don't even know how much I'm about to believe what I, what's going to come out of my mouth. Even if LaMarcus Aldridge's stats are coming down a bit, he's still an elder statesman to the San Antonio team, a team that probably more so than just about any team in the league is uh, going to prioritize um, like experience more than they probably should. So, The teams are going to be, or at least the Spurs are going to be more likely to just defer to Aldridge to make a decision, maybe not necessarily shoot the ball, but he's still a priority in their system. And when he comes out, DeMar is the unquestioned leader of the team at that point, probably is either way. Um, So I still think that he sees the usage bump. I've got him projected for uh, north of forty fantasy points on both sites. He looks like a fantastic play. I think he was sixth in the contenders on FanDuel and DraftKings. We're talking about a guy that you want to have, you know, more than twenty percent of today, uh, pretty much regardless of where the field ends up. Um, doesn't mean that I don't like anything else from San Antonio. I think Keldon Johnson looks good. Dejounte Murray looks good across both sites. Uh, Lonnie Walker, Jake Puddle, not all that great. I don't think he sees enough minutes today to really matter. I gave him twenty-five, and with the amount of value that exists on center you're going to need more than that to feel really comfortable um but with aldridge being out they don't really go to any sort of crazy new depth of rotation like everybody kind of just picks up an extra minute or two and with the way their prices are set up right now san antonio becomes one of the better value teams of the day and you know
0: what you talk about we're going to be wrong from time to time and quite often uh, i'm dead wrong on this listen to this dude DeMar DeRozan this year with uh, on the season, 23% usage, 1.13 uh, fantasy points per minute. Without Aldridge in 251 minutes, 29% usage yeah. and 1.32 fantasy points per minute. It really is one of these instances where I guess Aldridge just has not been playing well, but his usage is kind of in line with where it's been. And uh, DeMar DeRozan, and that's why you got to look up these numbers because just the initial thought is, DeMar DeRozan doesn't benefit as much. Then you look at it, and he's benefiting just as much, if not even more than he was last year. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 287 minutes without Aldridge, 1.1 DraftKings points per minute, and a 24% usage rate. So, uh, yeah, I, I think DeRozan is the guy here. Are there any strong secondary options outside of DeRozan for the Spurs?
1: Uh, before I get to that, it's going to be Murray and Keldon Johnson, but uh, I don't know. You probably didn't see the tweet from DeMar. He was congratulating Fred Van Vliet on breaking that scoring record. He was like, yeah, I knew you could do it. Kyle's old ass couldn't do it. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I, I saw it just before we started That's the show. Awesome. I just wanted to mention I, I laughed pretty good at that one.
0: Yeah, they're, they're but, still. Um, I'm assuming they're still real tight. They would always mess with each other.
1: Yeah, very, very tight at this point. Um, makes me think of the Jake Puddle uh, game of zones, but that's neither here nor there. So, Keldon Johnson. Oh, yeah. 5,700 on FanDuel, 6,100 on DraftKings. Uh, I think he's basically properly owned on both sites. This is a guy you probably want to have about 15% of in an MME situation. DeJounte Murray, 69,000 and 64,000 on FanDuel and DraftKings. Basically the same story. A guy that you should have about 15% of. I have the Spurs as the third best team today uh, on the entire slate. So this is a spot where I want to get a lot of, all thanks to LaMarcus Aldridge being out.
0: Yep. And ownership would suggest that that is the same thing here. There's a lot there, uh, other than DeRozan. Give me your top three plays from the Spurs outside of DeRozan. All
1: right, so it's going to be DeRozan, Keldon Johnson, Dejounte Murray, and Rudy Gay, Lonnie, Lonnie Walker on DraftKings, Jakob Purtle on Fanduel.
0: Okay, so Rudy Gay, you're not buying into
1: that ownership right now? I don't think so um I, I get why it's happening but he just doesn't play more very often it's kind of weird like you're right though like i don't think he basically plays like 21 22 minutes a game that's fine i don't know why we should expect him to be playing significantly more than that
0: right yeah i think that's a concern the, the only benefit here josh would be that rudy gay is four thousand dollars uh on DraftKings. And 3900 on FanDuel. So you're not paying close to a premium for him. He is cheap. Phoenix and New Orleans. Let's keep it going here. And, hey, hit that thumbs up, guys, if you haven't done so yet. And subscribe to the channel. We are finally over 50K. Uh, thank you for all of the support. We're doing a monster giveaway as a result. 51-week Awesome Plus Platinum subs we're giving out. If you go to Twitter at AwesomeO underscore dot com, follow them. Follow Josh follow me. That's not a prerequisite or a requirement, but you guys are nice people. And I thought, you know, why not ask, but we're giving away 50 of the awesome plus weekly passes. Thanks to getting over 50,000 subscribers. We couldn't give out 50,000 subs. Uh, All you have to do is follow the directions and it's a very simple one. Follow directions on the graphic and well, put yourself in the running because why not? Especially if you're new to awesome and you want to check it out. Two games to go, Josh Phoenix, New Orleans, the Phoenix Suns three and a half point road favorites two twenty three total. Where are we going with the Suns?
1: Uh, probably nowhere if they're at full strength. Um, Chris Paul's getting a lot of ownership on Fanduel. I'm not entirely sure why. At eight K, he's at twenty percent ownership. I would be more likely to end up with zero. Actually, uh, I think that he should only be owned about eight percent of the time. The highest guy coming out of my sims on Fanduel or DK was DeAndre Ayton at eight and a half percent. He's already basically owned at that rate. I don't see a ton of value for Phoenix. You can get to some Ayton. You can get to Chris Paul and FanDuel a little bit, but if the ownership is already there, my recommendation in a GPP would be to not be there at all. Mikel Bridges seems okay, but these guys are all basically appropriately priced. It's not a great pace game. It's not a great, uh, like, implied total game. Uh, I'm just going to be, generally speaking, lighter on Phoenix.
0: What about on the other side? By the way, Stephen Adams questionable. Uh, do you have any love for uh, Julius Randle 2.0?
1: <laughs> I can't with you, man. Actually, I can't.
0: that's like Julius Randle. I don't know what you would call it. Not as good as Julius Randle?
1: Yeah, I'm sure if uh, you let Zion <laughs> rip on the Knicks right now, he wouldn't put up anything. That would, that's definitely how uh, that would shake I'm out. Just mess, I'm just joking. You're uh, killing me with this nonsense. Um, he's just
0: not a very good
1: fantasy player, honestly. He, he, no, he's not. Um, like the I'm not offensive rebounding, re- I'm
0: serious. Like he's he's fine, but he's not. Great. I mean, he's a good
1: fantasy player. He's yes, he's just, just not elite. Yeah, yes, uh, that I agree with right now. Uh, the things that he does are better for team success. Like offensive rebounds are great. You're not getting extra points for offensive rebounds, so it doesn't really get you anywhere to do it. Um, if we're talking about on the Pelican side, uh, Stephen Adams, probably my favorite option on FanDuel 5,100. And there's a guy that's playing north of 30 minutes. So if he's not getting any ownership, I'm happy to 2x there. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, um, 5,600 would be a guy I would take a shot on on FanDuel. There's no ownership coming to the Pelicans at all. So there's not a lot to squeeze out, but maybe a little Bledsoe, maybe a little bit of Lonzo Ball. These are guys that I would want to do like 2X the field on, and they're all about 4% owned. So there's not a lot of volume coming from the Pelicans, but I think their starting lineup is pretty viable.
0: Okay. Uh, And if Steven Steven Adams, who is questionable right now in the event that he doesn't play, uh, any thoughts here?
1: Like, are, are you going to you got to go to Jackson, Jackson Hayes, Jackson right? Hayes, yeah. Yeah, he's 3600 on FanDuel, 4300 on DraftKings. He won't be really, really good on DK just because of how big the slate is, but on FanDuel at $100 above the minimum, Jackson Hayes will become a value play that's more interesting. Probably uh, takes away from the interest in Cody Zeller in a cash build if we get that sort of news early.
0: Willie Hernan Gomez played 29 minutes last game.
1: Yeah, uh, it could also just be Willie Hernan Gomez if Adams is out. I would be... I wouldn't expect him to soak up that sort of time again. Uh, It's rare that you see someone go from, you know, not a part of the rotation in any way, shape or form to being the guy. Um, But I know that they're not particularly fond of Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes played the normal starting rotation. He picked up uh, his third foul in the second quarter, which made Willie Hernan Gomez come in and close out the rest of that second quarter. He picked up another foul almost immediately at the beginning of the third quarter, leading to Willie Hernan Gomez. And then uh, things started cooking for the Pels. They got back, or, well not cooking they basically turned the heat off uh, they were <laughs> winning by a significant margin and then having willie hern and gomez out there uh, for the entire fourth quarter they gave up that entire lead and then got their asses handed to them willie Hernan and gomez ended up being uh, basically neutral for the game but A lot of the minutes that Willie Hernan Gomez played was because Jackson Hayes ended up picking some, picking up some fouls. So don't read too much into the 28 minute total. He appears to be at the very least the backup center in a scenario with Steven Adams out, but they tried to play Jackson Hayes more. He just couldn't keep himself from fouling, which is also to be expected.
0: Yep. 29 minutes though, still, still pretty surprising, but you're right. I mean, the foul trouble played a pretty considerable role there. Uh, 3,900 and 4,300 for Hernan Gomez and Hayes. Uh, And yeah, guys, I think I saw the comments, this hat, I think it's available in the shop right now. I'm pretty certain of it. So uh, if you want to want check it out, I think if you look, I think if you have an ad blocker, the store uh, things will show up beneath this on the channel, but uh, otherwise you should be able to see it right there. I think it's like a little banner or something, Josh, that says, you know, shop awesome. something. I don't know. Ready to close it out. I am, and I want that hat
1: too. I gotta get myself one of these bad boys.
0: I'm gonna order you one. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Jake, Jake D. And what color do you want?
1: What are my choices?
0: Not this color, because that would
1: be. I can't. Weird. I can't get the same color. I can't get blue. No, I mean, nothing like course. you have like a, a a proprietary color on there.
0: Yes, I have. Of course. I mean, at least if we're doing shows together, sure. It'd be weird. I
1: don't know. I mean, what? I don't know what colors we have. Probably gray. Maybe, maybe a subject that we can uh, iron out off air. But, Seems like the perfect subject for a show of our ilk, 20 minutes past <laughs> the hour, the cutoff. We don't have anything else going on. We've. I'll take you right up to noon for your next show.
0: Yep, exactly. We got 900 people watching right now, and we're talking about what color hat you're not allowed to have. Boston and Sacramento, <laughs> Josh, to close this one out, the Celtics two-point road favorites, 227 total here. Pretty high implied totals for both teams, 114.5 and 112.5. Do you like Boston today? Uh, Another team, by the way, on the second of a back-to-back.
1: I want to get a bunch of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. These are guys that are going to have like mid-30s usage rates. I'm expecting that Kimball Walker doesn't play today you know, slowly working his way back. They're on the back to back. So I have him out. We have him in the ownership and the second most owned play on Fandle. So uh, sorting that out will be kind of interesting. But if Kemba ends up out, like I'm expecting, I want to have a bundle of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. These guys are going to run the entire ship. Uh, They dictate literally everything that will be happening for the rest of the game and get a little bit of Daniel Tice, 4,900 on Fandle. Didn't go well yesterday. Happy to go right back to it. That's probably the extent of it all. I don't think it really opens up Jeff Teague. It's possible Peyton Pritchard is back. I don't find that to be all that interesting either. This is a game with two and a half plays. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum on both sides, no problem. De'Aaron Fox on FanDuel, probably like a 15% type guy. I think the entire Kings team looks pretty not awesome on DraftKings.
0: Okay. And right now we have Kemba projected in for our ownership projections. Uh, awesome.com slash join preeminent tools. You're going to find out there from ownership to player projections to the top stack tool, the lineup builder, fantasy cruncher, add on all of our premium articles for any single sport you can think of. We have tools for it: top stack ownership projections, the line, everything boom, bust tool, lineup builder. Uh, Josh, you need not go anywhere else when you're getting these tools.
1: No, we have literally everything you could possibly want. Um, And we are run by the guy that is the number one player in the world. I think that that combination of everything should be a pretty decent selling point.
0: (laughs) I would think so. Don't really need to go much further, but if you wanted to, if you wanted to go further, just scroll to the top of the leaderboards in these contests and look at the avatars from night to night. Uh, It is a remarkable site. It really is. You know, you scroll and there's like 15 awesome avatars in the top 30. It's crazy. Not every night, but what's up. I love it. Me too. They're represented very well. And plus, you could do it for a week. You could do it for a month. You could do it for a full year if you want to make a real investment. You can do it for one sport. You can do it for all of the sports. So there's a million different ways to to join the community, join the Awesomeo family, and of course, go to Slack when you get it. Make sure to join our Slack chat. It's, a, it's such an underutilized tool. The office hours that Josh and and Alex and and Adam and and Steve Steve Buzzard, the Colts' phenomenal DFS player. Uh, Sean's Sean, on John, now. What's up?
1: <laughs> I was going to, you were getting to it. I said, Sean's on now. We're, we're loading up.
0: Yep. These type of guys are in there answering your questions every day, uh, certain hours every day, really helping you out. Like I said, it's a more intimate setting Uh, candle lit where you can actually ask legitimate questions and get real answers. Not just a quick answer as they move on to the next one. Uh, All of that stuff at awesome.com slash join candle
1: lit.
0: Oh, look at that. Why
1: are you burning a candle? Because I spend a lot of time in my office, and it smells like farts in here. Is that really why? I mean, more, I like it to smell like not me sitting in the office regularly. So, yeah, a little eucalyptus mint. You're just blowing them out
0: on the regular, and and that candle's keeping you afloat. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Huh. I mean, it's, it's proactive. Yeah. Sacramento, Josh, wrap this one up. We've made decent time, all things considered.
1: We did make decent time. I mean, you know, an hour and a half for us to do 10 games, games—that's that would have been the shortest show we'd ever done previous yeah. to this season. <laughs> People would have been like, oh, are you guys okay? Was somebody ill today? <sighs> it's good. I love it, man. I, I miss doing these shows with you. It's a good time. I'm happy to be back and doing it, at least for right now. We're probably going to have to take a brief pause in the near future from doing shows together, but it'll be very brief. What was that? None of it.
0: Nothing for Sacramento.
1: Oh, we're uh, we still hear talking that? about the candle. Oh, I, I was just kind of talking in general. I thought we closed it out. I only like the Aaron Fox on Fanduel, and I don't like Sacramento at all on DraftKings. So I already thought I put Sacramento to bed.
0: Did you? Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I thought trip. so.
0: Because Derek was in chat saying these guys won me 90 Gs in 2020. It's the least hmm. I can do. These guys are great. So that that took priority. You know, you see a nice comment sometimes
1: you got to recognize it. For sure. For sure. Shout out to, to, what is his name? Derek? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Derek. 90 G's. 90 G's, man.
0: It's great stuff. So, uh all right. Well, that makes sense to me then. This has been fun
1: as always. Yeah.
0: Josh and I are back. The, the band is back. And uh how many shows are we doing? We're doing two two shows together each week. Is that what we got here?
1: Yeah. Uh, unless you're on Friday, which I doubt you are.
0: No, no, no. I get off Friday. It's just the one one day I get to kick back and relax. You're that's, with Adam tomorrow. That's my Saturdays.
1: There you go.
0: You're with Adam tomorrow. Uh, so Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday, Josh and myself. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys have, have had fun and and enjoy, uh, you know, this pairing again. Because we've been champing at the bit to get back to this and, and finally yeah. have the opportunity to do so. Uh, And it's been a lot of fun. Hey, tell your friends about the show. They like DFS. Maybe they don't know a ton about it. Say, listen, head over to Awesome. Check that strategy show out on Tuesday and Wednesday specifically and get the goods. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe, guys. And hit us with a comment. All of the engagement helps us a ton. So if you have any comments, uh, always in the comment section. I read every single one of them and I do my best to respond. At the least, I will hit that thumbs up if you're nice to me. Anyway, Josh, what's the final,
1: final thoughts as we get out of here? My stupid mullety hair is going away in like three hours. So say goodbye to looking like a homeless person on the stream. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man.
0: I wish we could have brought a barber into your office and live streamed. That could have been fun.
1: Well, I'm. I'm uh, we can still think about other potential bets down okay. the line. Um, as long as I avoid betting on the Sixers. I was looking <laughs> at the old mustache pictures yesterday, oddly enough. We're coming up on a year, man. This oh. is a, a year and like three weeks. We made the bet already a year ago.
0: They were really? Yeah. Wow. They were that, that that was a great time to be alive. We we'll seeing more of that around here. Thanks guys, as always, stick around throughout the day. We got PGA, we got NHL, we got the deeper dive. And in about a half hour, the first look NFL Super Bowl show, Matt Kajeski and myself, we're covering it all here at awesome.com on the YouTubes. See you soon.